Hi, I'm Maria Theohara Silvello, so is on social media. Welcome back to Sir Over 50 podcast on Soul Organized Style. Grab a cuppa and relax with us. Soul Organized Style podcast acknowledges traditional owners of country throughout Australia. We pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and to the Elders past, present and emerging. Thanks for joining us on this Soul Over 50 podcast as we chat to Sarah who runs the Kirby Pattern Database Instagram account. Sarah will talk to us about how this database was created and is managed, and we'll hear more about how helpful this database is and how it was created. And we'll also hear about Sarah's sewing background. So Over 50 intersects with all communities. Sarah, thanks for being today's So Over 50 guest. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm really pleased that you could give us your time today because you do such a lot of work on the Kirby Pattern Database. But I think the best thing we can do to start off with is find out about how you first started sewing. Like many other people, I started sewing because my mother and my grandmother. My grandmother was an award-winning, locally at least, award-winning quilter. She did make sure I knew how to sew. My mother can also sew garments. She hasn't done it a long time though. Like most people in my area, seventh and eighth grade home ec also. Mm -hmm. And then when I was fresh out of college and living in a small town in South Dakota and I didn't have anything to do because there was nothing to do there, I purchased a sewing machine on my own because obviously I'd previously only used my mother's and, you know, my grandmother's. And I picked up from there and then it kind of faded away. And then pandemic came and everything went gangbusters, just like Mm -hmm. everybody else. Masks and then clothing. and So the Kirby Pattern Database, can you give us some background about what it is and what's on there? Absolutely. The Kirby Pattern Database at its core, the very original version of it, is a list of pattern designers. They're all indie pattern designers who go to at least a 60-inch body hip measurement that's 152.4 centimeters Mm -hmm. and if a pattern designer sells patterns or are free but they're regularly available in some internet medium and goes to at least the 60 inch requirement they can be included on the database I don't say well you only make underwear so you can't be on because it's not closed or like a full line it's not that you've got one pattern good it also includes people who may be an expansion For example, Deer and Doe just expanded, you know, they've only got two patterns, but the rest of their collection doesn't, but they're on the list because some of their patterns, at least, do make that 60-inch requirement. In addition, I do monthly pattern roundups. Sometime after the end of the month, when I get my act together, I publish all the new patterns by all of the designers who are part of the database or any additional designers who have been added to the database for that month. And it's just a very non-wordy blog post that has the name of the pattern, the designer, and a picture of the pattern. And then any designers that were added that month, rarely there might be an extra note about something like uh, when Jenny Rushmore's book was added, you know, I made a note of that. But the only other rules are because it does have to be purchasable in some way from the internet. So if a pattern is only in a book, if it's only available through Patreon, then it's not included in Roundup. 
and that makes perfect sense because it's not freely accessible and freely accessible means that if it's in a book or if it's in a Patreon account, then it's much more difficult to access. That makes sense. And so there's like some companies out there like uh, Luna and Broad is one that primarily comes to mind who release first on Patreon and then release on their website to the public a month later. And so when I include it in a roundup is when it hits their website and is available to the public. I completely understand why designers have Patreons. You have to draw a line somewhere. If you don't put a line, everything's in. That's right. And look, this is time that you spend outside of your everyday life, isn't it? Putting this together. Yeah. Yeah. This is not what I do for a job or even money. So the the curvy pattern database originally started in like a comment shade in the curvy sewing collective Facebook group with a very lovely woman named Sherry Ziegler. And she and I compared the spreadsheets we were both keeping of pattern designers when we wanted to reference what would fit us. I combined ours and then turned it into a Google Doc. And then it kind of ran away. And my first version of website in the Google Doc, actually, the requirement was a 56 inch hip. And that later changed. I needed to go up to 60 inches. Also, it was becoming unmanageable for me at the time. It was up to like 150 or so designers. And I was looking for a way to cut it back, but also a way to be more representative of how I obviously wanted pattern designers to fit larger bodies. Yeah, so it's been through a couple iterations and changed websites entirely to make it so that the database is sortable. So you can now go online and put in your measurement and it'll pop out designers that fit you. So you don't have to sort through the hay yourself. It'll just bring what you actually need to the top. And you did that enhancement yourself, didn't you? Yeah, I've learned a lot about website building that I never thought I'd know. Unfortunately, they don't. What I want is not something that WebEx or Squarespace makes ready-built websites has laying around. I had to learn a lot more than I thought I was really getting myself into when I started. It turned out to be manageable, but I did spend probably a solid three months building it. And I have a lovely group of friends that like to call themselves my board of directors who were the testers. And every time I was like, oh, you need to go look at this. I'd open the website up for, you know, general traffic and they'd go try and fix it or break it or (laughs) tell me what they liked or what they didn't like. And that was really helpful. So three months of work with a group of people for a database that is searchable for the sewing community to use for free. That's really great. That's such a big piece of work you've done for the community, Sarah. Thank you. You're welcome. No, it's been really nice. And it gives me a little hobby and, you know, days you don't feel like getting off the couch because my sewing room's in the basement. I don't feel like going downstairs to sew or, you know, I just feel like vegging in front of the TV. Maybe I'll do some more work on the website or I do have hopes for additional features, but they take a lot of time and I just haven't done it yet. We'll get there someday. The thing I think listeners are hearing is the amount of work that you're putting into this not just for yourself, but for others to use because you want to have this database available for people so that they can find patterns, they can then purchase and make and it will fit them. Correct. Yeah. My whole goal was, you know, I have this spreadsheet and I think everyone should be able to have a spreadsheet. And I understand that for me, I love spreadsheets. I go to my day job, I play in spreadsheets all day. 
I do other things that actually work with fish, but a lot of our business is very centered around operating off of Excel. And I wanted to make my spreadsheet be a thing that other people could use because why not? Right? Why not? If I'm going through to save it all for myself, then someone else could probably utilize this as well. Yeah. And obviously they are. That's really great. Yeah. It's really lovely to see that you've got both imperial and metric measurements on the database. That was actually a request from somebody in the first iteration of the website. I'd probably only existed for like a month or two as an actual website. And someone's like, it would be helpful if this was an imperial. And I was like, okay. Back to the miracle of spreadsheets is it's actually really easy for me. I do everything in imperial, so in inches, and then I have a separate sheet that auto-populates as metric with the conversions and it just updates itself and I don't have to worry about it. I only have to enter once and it fills in the other side. It's the easiest thing I could maintain, honestly. It was a very easy thing that I probably should have realized to do in the first place, but I don't think in centimeters very often. You took the feedback and you built it in. So that's really great for everybody. I do know there are some people, particularly in the sewing community, who actually prefer to look at their measurements and the opposite measurement. So if my standard is imperial inches, then they prefer to talk about their measurements in centimeters so that it makes the number less loaded, more neutral. And I think that can also help with people who look at their numbers that way, their measurements that way. So can you say that again? Oh, so there are some members of the sewing community who prefer to measure their bodies in centimeters if their standard unit is inches. So for me, as I'm American, my standard unit would be inches. Yep. They prefer to measure their body in centimeters so that the number has less feeling to them. Okay. So that the number is more neutral. And so having both charts also helps people who prefer to look at their numbers in the opposite unit of measurement. Maybe they're not comfortable with their body. Yeah. Maybe they just prefer centimeters and it just allows them to have that freedom. And like I said, you know, obviously there's a lot of people outside of America and Canada who are really the only inch users. And that's also incredibly helpful for them to have centimeters available. Yeah. It takes that emotion out of it. Yeah, absolutely. It takes the emotion out of it. And it's actually... I know Jenny Rushmore really pushes that, that if your measurements make you feel emotional to try doing it in the opposite unit of measure than what you become accustomed to. Okay. Thank you for explaining that to me. In the roundups that you do, so you said that you do the roundups when you have time after the month ends. Yeah. Do people also let you know when they've put out new patterns or when they've resized patterns? Do they come to you or do you have to do this work yourself? There are a couple of pattern designers and I do mean like a few. Yeah. Less than five who let me know and make sure to let me know. And considering the database is over 120, I'd say that's a pretty low proportion that makes sure that I know. When I do the roundups, mostly it's just me scrolling through their Instagram, looking at all of their websites, sorting by new and going, oh yeah, that one wasn't there last time and finding what has changed in the past month and what they've been promoting and what's out there. Server 50 supports all of your database work and we'd love to see sellers use the hashtag SewingCPD more often to show their support of your work too, Sarah. Thank you. There's always the possibility that I'm missing some. I don't guarantee that I 
caught every single one that ever happened in the past month. There's also the possibility that I included one that was released the month or two before yep. it happens. But generally scrolling through Instagram and searching their websites, occasionally having to go through their Facebook pages and posts, I can cover pretty much everything. But no, they mostly don't let me know, which is unfortunate, but I also understand. Do you get a high volume of people having a look at the database? I have about a thousand to fifteen hundred unique visitors a month. I don't worry too much, right? If you want to look at it, you'll find it. If you don't, it's okay. I know the most traffic day of the month is the day that I release a roundup, which makes sense. You may need to go see the designer database once a month, and it may be a random Tuesday. But on the day that I release the roundup, I post to Instagram. I post usually to Facebook in the Kirby Selling Collective Facebook group. And if you're an email subscriber, I have it set up that it'll go straight to your email as well if you choose that. So that's usually when people view things the most. There's a solid thousand to fifteen hundred a month. It varies, but and I think that's a good piece of information for indie designers to understand that if they do let you know, send a message to Sarah at Kirby Pattern database, that she'll know exactly what you've done and put it on the roundup. And then you've got exposure to what over a thousand people all in one hit when the roundup comes out at the end of the month. So that's actually a good message for indie designers to understand. When I say I have five that reach out to me, it's not even always the same five. I think it's whatever company remembered to tell me that month, which is fine. And you know, not all designers have new patterns every month either. So there's that too. Also, as I go through the month, I'm actually keeping a list on my phone all the time of patterns that I see that are new or re-released, you know, further extended sizing that maybe someone else shared in their stories. Or I now at this point have enough people that I know that they usually will like tag me in a post or send me a story or a post in my Instagram DMs to let me know something has happened. And so I keep a list. So, you know, this past month, there was 41 patterns that I recorded as having been released. And I already had 35 of them that I had recorded on my phone throughout the month. I still go back through every single designer and make sure I didn't miss one. But generally, creeping through Instagram, I can keep up with a lot of it. And again, that's a lot of work, but it's work that gets over a thousand views every month. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We've just listened to all the work Sarah does in her own time and with minimal help to run a very current Kirby pattern database for everyone to use. Thanks for listening to part one of this podcast from Sarah who runs Kirby Pattern Database. Make sure you follow on Instagram, hashtag SewingCPD or Sarah's Instagram account, Kirby Pattern Database, and also have a look at her website, curvydatabase.com. Make sure you use hashtag SewingCPD to keep Sarah updated about you're using her database to show your support for all the work that she is doing for the sewing community. This episode of Sew Over 50 podcast on Sew Organized Style was produced by me, Maria Theoharis, with permission of Sarah, soundbybensound.com. You can subscribe to Sew Organized Style podcast, but with an S, not a Z, on all good podcast apps. Make sure you go back and listen to our Sew Over 50 archive. Give us a five-star rating and review, and we hope you'll support us through our Patreon account this year. There are over 280 podcasts free in our library. 
And the aim of each of these podcasts is to keep you company and encourage you to sew more often. Post any questions or podcast suggestions you have on our Instagram account at style or on our website at www.seworganisedstyle.com or on our Facebook page. We look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe, everyone.